Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Celtic state of mind, it's Wednesday afternoon, first up is an apology, you should never start with one apparently, but Kevin Graham is under his sink with, <laughs> what, what do you need when you're under a sink when you're doing plumbing? I don't know because I would never have a clue what to do, uh, and unfortunately he can't join us today, so I'm stepping into Kevin's boots, uh, but he will be back with me tonight because we're going to have a show tonight at 6 o'clock at Screamer Celica where Kevin and I will be covering the master plan. Talking of which, gentlemen, there is a master plan, and it's Angie's master plan. He is the man with a master plan. And uh, Yogi, you have been doing one of the Yogi polls this week, I understand. Can you tell us all about it so we can get the commenters involved and then we'll return to that later in the show? Yeah, so basically I was I was thinking about the midfield options that we have uh, and you know, trying to weed out all the usual caveats, so he's slightly off for him and he is, you know, he's injured or, you know, whatever. So what I wanted to see was what people's thoughts were, assuming everyone's fit, assuming everyone's at the top of their game, right, who are your midfield trio, right? So I put this poll out and we got over 4,000 votes, which is unbelievable. Remarkable. Yeah, it's more than you get in a, a, a council election. Um now, I could only pick four options because there's maximum four for a poll. Uh, so my permutations were, so the first one is Hatati, O'Reilly and Calmac. The second one was Hatati, Iwata and Calmac. The third one was Hatati, Moy and Calmac. And the fourth one is Hatati, Iwata and Moy. So that's Hatati, O'Reilly, Calmac. Hatati Awata Kalmak, Hatati Moy Kalmak, Hatati Awata Moy. And as I said in the question for those that were listening, uh, let's not be having all your caveats and all your fence sitting uh, mm-hmm. in the comments. Make the call, make the call based on who you believe are the best three, not the best three domestically, the best three in you, the best three. Full stop. It's a Who tough do one. you want to play? Who do you want to play? It's a very difficult question. It seems like such an innocuous question, but it's a nightmare of a question. It's so uh, difficult. So that's why I think we get so many votes on it. But uh, yeah, we shall let we'll let you fight amongst yourselves in the comments for the moment. <laughs> yeah, and we'll come back to it, John, because if you were to ask me the question about the back five, you know, I think yeah. most people are in agreement. Uh, even like the top three 
there might be one or two different permutations, but it's that midfield three that's so difficult to decide upon. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, welcome back to the show yourself. Uh, I know you were here last week, but you've obviously been enjoying um, Celtic. I've been saying, how how is things? Well, life is good when Celtic are playing the way they are. And we were talking because... Uh, John's not had an opportunity to talk about obviously the Rangers game or the Kelly game but we were talking about that 30 minutes that 27 minute masterclass that we experienced against Kilmarnock and you know that's like a third of a game and I'm pretty sure that Ange is aiming at some point in his Celtic tenure to get to the point where we see that for 90 minutes and if that's possible and I don't know if it is Patrick if that's possible it is frightening as to what we can achieve under this man yeah, you do. You do think uh, right throughout Angie's tenure. You know, we've had these spells, we've had these halves. You think um, the first forty-five minutes against Rangers last February when we went three nothing up. You think about say the fifty-five minutes we had against Real Madrid, twenty-seven minutes we had at the weekend there. There's probably loads of games that I'm totally forgetting about. Um, you know, we have these half an hour, 45 minute spells and it's incredibly difficult to keep up for 90 minutes, obviously, um, you know, and even possible. But then you do think to times like Dundee United, 9 nothing back in August. And, you know, as daft, it, as, daft it, as it is to say, I don't think that's, you know, the best Celtic team we've seen this season. It just so happened that just about every shot went into the back of the net. Um, so you do wonder what we'd be capable of, you know, if we're playing at the top level and we can play like this for even 60 minutes. And maybe, you know, in Europe, you find yourself one or two nothing up and you can try and hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I think you were saying before the show, I don't think we're, we've seen the finished product here. We're still building. We're always building. And for as long as Angie's going to be here, he's going to constantly want to get better. Um, so I think I think it's frightening what, what team we could see next season if, um, you know, if he's, if he's able to spend money in the summer and we're able to build and develop further. Yeah, I mean, that that's why I've decided on this tagline, John, because we we do hear a lot of racket um, in the media from certain, um, you know, sides of the media. Don't they realise that Ange will strengthen too? Because it's unfinished business. Ange, is a, it's a work in progress, John. Uh, we are going to be strengthening in the summer. And, you know, I, I keep going on to the, the point that we've got a lot of players out on loan at the moment. If we can... I think a couple of them will come back, but if we can take the 12 players that are out on loan on decent wages combined, turn that into three or four quality players who are really pushing for a jersey, Celtic are going to be a frightening proposition. Uh, Well, I mean, we we haven't really kicked off yet. This is one season in Europe, a season where you had to build from absolute calamity. And then, you know, we've one season in Europe to try and uh, put some solid foundations under that. Foundations are in let's start building the luxury Celtic mansion that we all want to live in. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't think we're close to getting started. And Ange is the linchpin, obviously. Ange is the key. Um, his ability to spot and identify uh, players seems to be unmatched. Um, obviously, you know, now, now that his main competition's gone as well, because the only person who was as brilliant at his job as Ange was was uh, your man Ross Wilson, wasn't he? So I mean he's a he's had he's had to take that genius down to Nottingham Forest, um, but uh, yeah no that's what you what would they call it rats and sinking ships and um, but if I was um, if I was looking at the rebuild that he was looking at I'd have been off sharpish as well mm-hmm. um, because I've said before we achieved that only because we had the great great good fortune through a variety of unlucky and unfortunate things that happened. But we had the great good fortune to come across possibly one of the only people, and in my view, the only person who could have done that job for us, that rebuild for us within the budget that we had by, you know, coming up with all the Japanese players and and some of the other guys he's, he's managed to turn around and having that vision as well. So it's not just, it's a whole package, it's, you know, his experience, where he came from, his leadership skills, his vision, his tactical nose, right? you know, uh, his strategic thinking. So all of that uh, encapsulated into one guy and we were so lucky to get him, uh, you know, as it transpires now. And I think that going forward, 
I, I just can't wait to see what we do. I mean, the, the nonsense that we're hearing from them, you know, strength, I, it's always, I, it's, there's so much noise. It's always noise and it's always rubbish. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to do this, that, they're going to the next. They've got 12 guys, roughly, I think, 11 or 12 guys, senior pros, you know, cornerstones of their side, out of contract, right? So, you know, the, uh, what are they going to get for them? I mean, they're, they're all, why, why would they even sign? Again, if they can get decent money elsewhere. So all they're going to be left with is guys that can't find a better club, uh, you know, uh, and probably on more wages than they were on before. Um, and they don't have anyone in place to do the job. I certainly Michael Beal uh, isn't fit to do that job, not even remotely. Although I did work out, after the Rangers game, how Bill's going to end up getting sacked, and it'll not be because of the football, it'll be because it'll be a Me Too scandal. Um, because if you can't tell the difference between a hand and a groin, you're going to be in a lot of bother when you're saying hello to people. <laughs> so I think um, Michael Beale will be, uh, yeah, so suddenly there'll be a scandal there for sure. But yeah, it's. Um, uh, and after that as well, it's a constant deflection, the mm-hmm. lack of accountability. I, I just am so sick of the noise. I, I, and I really, the way I want to finish out this season is I want to put them to bed another two times. I don't want to give them a crack of light, not an inch. Um, and I just want to see them done, dusted out. And I don't want to hear them squealing about, oh, no, we won that game or we managed to draw the second half. Or, well, if the second half was 270 minutes long, we could have won it, you know, or the usual garbage. Uh, so it's just fairy tales. It's, it's it's a fiefdom of fairy tales. That's all they are. They're just telling stories to each other in the hope that they can convince each other um, that, uh, that there's actually something in it for them. And there isn't, there's not... You know, we will go on and strengthen in the summer, as you say. Uh, we'll leave them in the dirt. If, if they don't qualify for the Champions League, you know, they are in serious, serious bother in terms of, never mind finances, but in terms of the, the gap in quality, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that we're going to be able to uh, put on that field. So, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. No, there is. John, there's a massive um, issue in that, as you're saying there, people are just opening their mouth and talking drivel. Right. So if, for example, someone says we're four or five players short of Celtic, you think, right, okay, that's that's an opinion, by the way, straight straight off the bat, that's an opinion. However, that means that you're going to strengthen by five and Celtic are not going to strengthen at all. And that and why is that not being challenged? You know, this is my frustration yeah. is if somebody comes out with something as flimsy as that, you're going to say, Well, and the strength is in recruitment. Look what he's done. Look what he's going to do. And another massive part of this, when we were doing what was a rebuild, John, we had assets. We had assets that we sold on. And with the money we made from the likes of Ayer and Edward, it was reinvested into the squad. You know, and that, that was massive because if you're looking at, we're going to bring four or five in, how are you going to pay for them? How are you going to pay for them? Because you don't have the star man that you're going to sell for 20 or 15 million quid, and then you can then turn your recruitment now into bringing three or four players well, in. That, that, that was our best ever year, Paul, wasn't it, for player sales? Mm-hmm. 30, 35 million, something like that. You know, so exactly that. Exactly that. We were in the, the absolute pits of despair, uh, you know, and we had no squad at all, uh, but we did have money, you know, uh, uh, and it just needed the right person to. Uh, to do a fairly miraculous job, but we had money. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't see them having the same thing at all. Another share issue, another confetti share issue. Uh, I was just checking there. They've, they've issued what is it? Sorry, I don't. I don't have the. I didn't take a picture of it. But four hundred and fifty-seven million two hundred and twenty-six thousand three hundred ordinary shares. I thought that was a joke. That's why I checked it. So I, I googled that because I saw someone put that on Twitter, and I thought they were kidding. No, no. They've got almost half a billion shares, right, in, in issue, um, you know. Uh, so basically, as I was saying last night on Twitter, it really, really reminds me of the scene in The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, you know, when he's making his reputation by selling these worthless penny shares in Aerotine, mm-hmm. you know, as just such a great opportunity. Those shares are worth more than these yeah, so the, 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 it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I, the, I was actually just reading, someone put a link up to 
uh, an interview they'd done with a club 1872. The the desperation and the the ways that they're trying to raise money. uh, I mean, you know, it really smacks of a road we've been down before, but, you know, oh, we'll get all the clubs to band together and get them all to contribute £25. We'll get all the CSCs to do that. Uh, And then, you know, we can get... Uh, people by coming together to donate money to us, uh, and if everyone donates, you know, fifty quid, then we're going to have a load of money put in the shares. Of course, we can only put money in the shares; we can't get the money back out. So this is charity we're talking mm-hmm. about here. Mm-hmm. It's not a business; it's charity. Um, so I know it's a, it's it's a it's a it's foundations of sand, isn't it? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Building foundations of sand. We, we were talking last week about how, on average, under the tenure of David Murray um, versus, on average, since 2012, uh, this Rangers have lost more money on average season on season. And that obviously is unsustainable. You see what happened before. No one's talking about it, John. You see how it's packaged up, that story of the confetti shares, but it's packaged up going to a tried and tested way of raising funds. <laughs> income. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> By the way, that's their problem. Let them deal with it. Yeah. I, you know, if it was my football club, I'd be really concerned yeah. about it, thankfully. It isn't. Now, if you're watching and we've got about 600 on the live stream at the moment, give us a thumbs up. These kind of things help the videos on the algorithm on YouTube. Give us a big thumbs up. Tell us that you like the show. Make a wee comment and we'll get round to as many as we possibly can. I'm glad you brought that up because Stephen Stone was wondering what it's all about with regards to constantly doing these share issues. I think, is it the third this year alone? Yeah, it is. Third in the last three months. Third in the last three months. Shambolic. So, yeah, it's totally, totally worthless. Uh, And, you know, that's just an excuse for them. It's all just shuffling paper around, so they're trying to circumvent the the financial rules under UEFA. But, I mean, as we've said before, that's now much more problematic than it used to be because Mm -hmm. only football income matters. So doing stuff like this, that's not football income. Uh, So your percentage that you can spend on your squad doesn't change. So now... It's plugging one leak um, or plugging three leaks, but there's one still sprung. So you know it, it, it's not like again. I'm sure I don't look at the comments, but I'm sure people are going. Can we talk about us? But you know, at the end of the day, this is our biggest rivals mm-hmm. uh, uh, domestically speaking, and if they are off uh, the the park in terms of they are not really a threat to us, then we can build in a completely different way. You know, we can make long-term plays. We can bring through bring through youth maybe in a different way. We yes. can look at a, we can look at a completely different setup. So you know, it's incredibly important to us how they perform. Uh, so you know, I, I would you know, I think anyway. As we said, I think it's fairly clear it's going in one direction, and that direction is not positive. No, you're right. And that is the only reason that we're talking about it, because it does change the the strategy of, like John says, how you move forward as a football club. What I think has been interesting this week, Patrick, is the fact that, um, again, Celtic have built from a position where where it was a, a calamity, as John had said earlier on, and we've built a really, really strong side. The recruitment looks really good. It looks as though there's a conveyor belt there, whereby one out, one in. You know, Zhiranovic leaves, we'll bring in Johnston, etc. We know that Ange has got that up and running. Um, but all I'm hearing is how bad the Scottish game is, uh, how it's the worst league in 20 years. What about giving Celtic a wee bit of credit for actually getting our finger out and putting something in place that is very, very strong and sustainable? Yeah, and, you know, I think it's all about decision-making at the end of the day. You know, we have been more than critical of, you know, Celtic's decision-making on here. We don't, you know, we're not um, constantly praising the club for everything and all that they do. We're we're critical when things go wrong. But, you know, as John says, if you look at the situation two years ago, we were in an absolute mess. But the one thing we did have was assets and money. And we, we, we cashed in on those assets, Ayer, Edward, and then we let... 
you know, a brilliant manager, reinvest and build an entirely new squad uh, and we ended up making a profit in that one window. Um, you look at the other side and, you know, they, they held on to their assets. Um, they've let their contracts run down, their values go down. And now guys like Kent and Morelos, who are arguably worth 200 million uh, two years ago, are now <laughs> going to get nothing for them. Um, so in my opinion, it's all about decision making. And you've got guys like uh, Tam McManus saying the game's, you know, he's never seen a weaker game. And I'd say the gap between Celtic and the rest has probably never been larger. Um, certainly not in my lifetime. But we did have two Scottish clubs in the Champions League this season. That's not happened since 2007. That's 60 million, um, over 60 million. Mm-hmm. So if the other 10 clubs are, you know, wanting to try and lock uh, Celtic and Rangers fans out and turn away all that money, if they're wanting to charge, you know, 30 quid to for guys to see St Martin versus Ross County, you've got to look at their, their decision-making and where they're going wrong in running their clubs. I mean, you have this ridiculous managerial merry-go-round where you're talking about Stephen Robinson going to Hearts. And Stephen Robinson's done a great job at St Martin, but there's never any outward thinking, there's never any forward thinking with these clubs, in my opinion. Hearts, you know, only a matter of weeks ago, were flying high in third. Uh, they were talking about how, how we can compete with Celtic and Rangers. Mm-hmm. They lose heavily to Rangers. They go on a bad run. They've sacked Robbie Nielsen. They're now fifth or sixth. And it's I think it's it's very short term, the thinking of other clubs. And you can't, you can't be blaming Celtic for running themselves well. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Do they want like cash give-outs, cash handouts? Are we supposed to give all these clubs a million quid a year? Um I don't know. I don't know what people like Tam McManus want want Celtic to do about things, but um, all we can do is run our club the best possible we can, and hope that other Scottish teams can also pull their weight. See on that point, John, right? Um, that Tam made, and by the way, absolutely no hate for Tam McManus whatsoever here. I, I do uh, listen to PLZ um, simply because it's probably the only way that I can keep up with what's happening elsewhere in Scottish football because I'm so focused on Celtic. But the point that was made um, about the Scottish, the Scottish, the the standard of the Scottish game, I think it was more to do with the fact that what, what Patrick says and what we're spoken about. Other Scottish teams need to get their house in order here. They need to, they really need to look after their their own backyard. We've spoken about it with regards to the the ticketing issues, whereby you're you're basically, you know, if you were to maximise that, totally maximise that as a football club, you could make over a million pound extra in revenue every year and you're turning that away in games against Celtic and Rangers. That's a bad decision. That's a really, really poor business decision. Drives me nuts because, you know, we've had this conversation before and we had it with Burroughs at Motherwell and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And they're trying to build a community club. They want people to have their own seats. They want that community feel and all the rest of it. But that is theoretical, and that is aspirational. Yeah, you're not in a, you're not in a position to be aspirational and turn down what six hundred grand a year extra between us and them. You know, so you're talking, let's say, an extra, you know, five thousand people at thirty quid. So you know that that's one hundred and fifty grand a pop per game. They're turning down so we can watch empty rows of Kelly fans uh, leaving in 17 minutes. Uh, so, you know, and what an embarrassment that was with Klinsman sitting there. Um, you know, I felt bad for O, uh, honestly, because, I mean, that looked like, uh, it's just like pure tin pot stuff. But how, how can how can they leave? Uh, who cares what Mr and Mrs season ticket holders think they are? They say, oh, they're the hardcore. See, if I was the hardcore of one of their supports, I would think it's more important that we get an extra £1.2 million of revenue in potentially a year. That's what I would think was important, rather than sitting my backside down in the same seat or moving, you know, 10 or 20 rows down the road. Who cares? Who cares? You know, if that's the way you... If if your support of your club is completely tied to the fact that you cannot be moved from this seat, (laughs) then you're out of your mind. Yeah. You're out of your mind. So uh, I have no sympathy at all when we're looking at stadiums that are basically empty or half empty or three quarters empty, and we've got supporters chomping at the bit to try to get to those games. Um, and they're just like, oh, no, no, because you know we want to build this theoretical community. As I say, 
It's a great idea. I like the idea. It's aspirational. You don't have the money. You don't have the money. You've got to get the funds together to mm-hmm. present some sort of challenge. The reason you've got fans leaving on 17 minutes is because you can't put up any sort of reasonable challenge because you've not got a coin. And the coins that you do have, you're squandering. Uh, so, I, I, just, I mean, the thinking behind that irritates me no end. It drives me to distraction. I, I, it's just, I don't get it. And we're supposed to feel sorry. And we're supposed to feel bad. I know. You know, because we're we doing well. And as other people have pointed out, I don't remember the whole conversation about how uh, it was bad for the league when Rangers were dominant in the, uh, in the 90s. I don't remember that discussion. Uh, never came across my desk. So, you know, this fact that, yes, of course, any league, there's loads of leagues around the world that are one or two team leagues. Loads of them. Yeah. You know, we want, we want, we wanted that Atlantic League, didn't we? So similar leagues, you know, so you've got Netherlands, you know, uh, Belgium, you know, they've all got one or two dominant teams. So grand, well, there's going to be a dominant team. There's a big gap at the moment. The reason there's a big gap is because we are, doing well. We're doing the job we're supposed to do with the funds that we have for the first... We haven't done that you know, in the last 20 odd years. We haven't done that. You know, we overspent in the Martin O'Neill years. What we're doing is, within budget now, uh, we are absolutely smashing it in the transfer market, mm-hmm. um, which is is again you know, the poll that we was, we came out talking about, the reason why that's so difficult is because we've smashed it in the transfer market. Ange and his team and Nicholson have done a fantastic job. You know, our corporate side is unbelievable. Our merchandising is unbelievable. Uh, our marketing is unbelievable. Um, and, you know, I have found the people at the club to be um, just, you know, really, really, really helpful. They were wonderful to work with in all the times I have. And I just want to add this one in. Uh, I got a wee uh, sneaky friend at the club who over the last couple of months was able to gather up for me uh, messages from um, Ange and from Calmac for my daughter's wedding. Now, most people listening here will know that I missed the game because we were desperately watching it on phones at every opportunity. It's like, do you take this? Oh, hi, on. <laughs> near this. Uh, so it was, uh, we were watching it every opportunity, but I got to stand up before I did my speech and play messages. Uh, I just said uh, there was a couple of guys that were working today, couldn't make it, wanted to leave a message and play messages from Callum McGregor and from Ange. And Ange's was, as you'd expect, sensational. Mm-hmm. And he just finished it off with, I expect you to celebrate in the manner uh, you'd expect of me. Uh, we never stop. So, uh, you know, and that was just brilliant. And to be able to do that after pumping them 3 2 and putting the league to bed. Uh, I can't begin to tell you how much I love this club. Oh, John, that that is superb. Uh, it's fair play to Ange and and Cal McGregor, and as you say, the club uh, generally, because that that is superb. That level of engagement. Um, big shout out to Jungle Line. Thanks, everybody. Remember, um, John has thrown down the gauntlet. What is our top three midfield players? Um, no caveats. No, if they're playing this one or if that one's fit. Give us your trio. Give us your midfield trio, and we'll have a look at some of the uh, contributions before the end of the show. Paul, can I just do one wee shout out? I have to mention the fact I was at an event at the weekend. Uh, so uh, in Uri, which is where I live, um, the Willie Mealy commemorative um, statue was erected. That was organised by fans, uh, and they organised that within three years. They raised a sensational amount of money. They've got a plaque down his birthplace. Willie Mealy was born in Newry. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a massive, massive achievement for a small group of fans to have raised that much money um, and to put up the statue. And the statue, I'm sure most people have seen the the, the, the actual um, pictures online. The, the plinth is amazing. The actual statue itself is one of the best I've ever seen uh, in terms of uh, the detail on it. So, uh, and its position in Uri is incredibly prominent. So uh, hats off to all the boys and girls in Uri and everyone that came up to me. Uh, there's a lot of love for Axom out there. Um, so everyone that came up to me, although one guy 
in a very sort of Father Ted Dougal type situation was like, I thought you'd be a bit that size. <laughs> I was like, no, no, far away, close, far away. Yeah, so, <laughs> Super. so we had, um, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't well enough to attend. Uh, I've been quite ill last week, so I wasn't well enough to attend what seemed to be an insane night um, in the canal court afterwards to celebrate. And a much, much... Uh, uh, you know, deserved celebration it was as well. It's an incredible job from the supporters here in Uri and locally. So just wanted to shout out to all of them, fair play. No, brilliant. The amount of work and effort <coughs> and time uh, that they've put into it. And obviously the Celtic fans who have been donating over that period as well to get the job done. It's ast- astonishing. Uh, and whilst we're on the shout outs, before I come back to Patrick, i uh, got a wee message here. Little Jacob Walker, who is only two years of age uh, this year, is currently fighting leukaemia in Edinburgh. Uh, big shout out to uh, Jacob, his mum, Kat, dad, Tommy and sister, Aurora, as well. We're all thinking about him and hopefully uh, they can... F- get through that that very testing time as a family um, as well. Jason Lee, Carter Vickers, we've got to talk about the main man. We mentioned it on Sunday, actually, um, in relation to him being left out of the team. He is uh, going to be out for a while. They've been uh, kind of managing this, this injury, this knee injury, Patrick. Obviously, you get concerned because he's been an absolute staple in Angie's side. He's a linchpin in that defence. He's a leader. Uh, his performances have been um, absolutely sensational since he's came in, and in particular this season. But I'm looking at that situation. I'm thinking to myself, Patrick, if we can get him up to that Rangers game, if he's fit for the Rangers game, you play him. After that, save him. Get him rested. Get the operation. And if that's the case, you then start wondering. Your mind starts wondering because, as I said at the beginning of the show, you're kind of fixed with that back five and you start asking yourself, right, what do we do now? Kobayashi's come into the side. He's looked very composed. He's looked very, very good. Um, what does it say for the likes of Stephen Welsh, who a couple of weeks back, if you'd asked me, I'd say, right, he's away in the summer. Do you keep a hold of him? Do you strengthen in that position in the summer? So it does beg all these different types of questions. It's it's horrible when one of your star men gets an injury. But uh, what's your thoughts on that? How do we manage it, Patrick? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with yourself, to be honest, Paul. <clears throat> um, you know, I think if we can somehow nurse them through that Rangers game, the, the semi-final, um, because... You know, it's. I know, you, we've not technically wrapped up the league yet, but I think we need something like seven points from six games, so it's effectively over. Um, so that game, um, if you get through it, it's either Falkirk or Inverness in the final. I personally don't think we would need Carter Vickers in that scenario, bearing in mind we get through with Kobayashi and Starfield against Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. who are in a higher league than both of those sides. So it's that semi final, really, is the only game you would say maybe take a risk there. And, you know, we know what Rangers can be like. They might try and injure them. You know, I wouldn't put it past them at all, especially with, uh, you know, Morelos up front. But immediately after that, getting to London, Switzerland, wherever it is he needs to go for the operation, um, you know, the day after would be the first day of May. You don't play the Champions League until September, so that's four months. Um, So hopefully if you have it, you know, the day or two after the semi-final, you'll be back for the Champions League next season. Um, So that's what I would do. And I think if Ange feels confident enough to play the semi-final without Carter Vickers, I'd, I'd put him through the operation tomorrow, today, yesterday, um, because he's that important to us. He's definitely our best centre-back, arguably one of our most important players. Um, 
But I definitely that semi-final is probably the only game I'd, I'd risk him for. Yeah, and again, we're not taking it for granted, John, either the, the semi-final or even the final. But you, you are looking at Carter Vickers and Starfelt have been through this time and time again with Rangers, and they know the game, they know it inside out. It's not to say Kobayashi wouldn't perform, but you don't want to take that risk. I certainly don't want to take that risk, but it's also a risk in playing him because now that the cat's out the bag, if you like, he might get targeted. You know, he's one of our most important players. He wasn't at his best against Rangers. Yeah. Um, and I thought Starfield stepped up because of that, almost because of the fact that the man uh, that's standing next to him, who seems to be leading all the time, isn't in the best game. Starfield steps up. Um, so, you know, that makes sense. That makes sense because that was so unlike Carter Vickers, wasn't it? That performance. Um, but what? where does it leave us in terms of what we're doing in the summer? Because I would have thought Welsh could have been on his way. We might have strengthened by bringing in a, a, a new arrival for a centre-half. I don't think um, we're at a stage yet where we can promote someone from the B team quite yet. People might disagree with that. I think we would need to strengthen it. Um, but Carter Vickers, he's, he's been one of the main players under, and it's going to be a massive blow, but you can kind of soften it a wee bit if we just get through the semi-final. Um I wouldn't play him if, if there's any uh, doubt at all because he obviously wasn't at his best. So it's obviously impacting him psychologically. Um, and quite frankly, Kobayashi is either good enough or he's not. Uh, and th- there's no point, in my view, waiting until we're in, in Europe to find out. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, Starfelt and Kobayashi uh, should be more than capable of handling Rangers. Yes, of course he wants CCV there. Man's injured. Uh, I was told a long time ago he was injured and it was serious and they were managing it. But I doubted the source then because in the next game he came straight back in. And Mm -hmm. so I sort of thought, well, maybe that's not true. Um, So I wasn't able to verify it, so I didn't really mention it. But uh, I was told ages ago, this was halfway through the season, he was going to be out for ages and they were managing it. So clearly it's taken its toll. Um, Now, if the manager the manager loves his centre halves, so if the manager thinks he can squeeze another game out of Carter Vickers, he can be sure he'll play him. Um, I don't think it should make a difference. Kobayashi looks very comfortable, but we've only seen him, you know, we haven't seen him under severe pressure. You know, the closest I think was a, the Harps game, I think, saying, you know, when they were trying to push on. But we've not under seen him under sort of Ranger style pressure. Um, but he looks composed, he looks calm uh, we don't know how he's, you know, we have a weakness at uh, set pieces so how is he going to improve it, is he going to make it worse, you know uh, chances are he probably makes it worse actually uh, he's not noted for his you know, uh, sort of powerful aerial challenges uh, however he is a very smooth slick player and the distribution is faster because he's on his left foot uh, and uh, Starfelt then plays on his correct side makes Starfelt a better player uh, look, you know, our, our centre-half position is uh, is light and, uh, night and day compared to, to theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, that clown show they had against us. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, our guys are, uh, you know, the, 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 the decisions we make are sort of real good decisions from a position of strength. Um, in terms of what we do in the summer, the issue... You know, and we discussed this. We discussed this way, way back when it was Morris Jens was the thing. What happens to likes of Stephen Welsh? Well, the problem is you need four centre halves, but the other problem is when your manager doesn't rotate the centre halves. If you're number four, you're never getting a game. Yeah, yeah. you know. So, so Stephen, who are you going to sign that's better than Stephen Welsh? that's going to come in knowing full well, like the sort of, the, the third tier goalie, you're never getting a game. You know, yeah, unless you know, some sort of nuclear event happens, you're not going to be playing. So uh, essentially, um, you know, if Stephen's happy to fulfil that role, I, I'm not sure about moving him on. And also we are very, very close, I think, to this, uh, the, the homegrown players issue being... Uh, being a, a, a becoming an issue, sorry, the homegrown players' um, numbers becoming an issue for next year. So we need eight homegrown and we need four through the system. Mm-hmm. Um, that's quite a lot when you look at our squad, and you know you'd be you'd be you'd be talking about promoting guys from the B team, you know, just to be in the European squad. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. just to make up the numbers, you know, potentially putting guys on the A list instead of the B list, you know, all this sort of thing. So we, we need to be careful uh, amongst all this sort of uh, transfer dealings that, you know, we, we don't leave ourselves short to the point where, you know, you're essentially putting out uh, a, a weakened squad in, in Europe just to make those numbers up. So mm-hmm. it's a difficult one. I, you know, ideally, yeah, of course, you want you, know, you want tremendous people in every position. And, but the reality, reality, the reality is someone is third, fourth, fifth choice, you know, uh, and, you know, we need guys who are happy to accept that. Um, so I don't know how long, how much longer Stephen will be happy to accept it, but while he is, you know, unless we can promote from someone who is going to qualify as homegrown, then I think it's an issue. Yeah, I mean, that that's the difference, isn't it? I mean, a player like David Turnbull, for example, Patrick, it didn't come through our system, but his class is homegrown, having come through Motherwell's James McCarthy's the same, and you would expect maybe a player like James McCarthy to leave as well. So there's another one um, off the list. Um, do you think, because of this and because of the injury, that, that might actually change the decision on Stephen Welsh? staying at the club because you know there's definitely been interest over a few transfer windows and I finally expected him because he was out the squads mainly um to leave in the summer. Mikey Johnson had done a whole show calling an eye on um you know who's going to come back, who's going to come back and play for Celtic. Very few of, of the 12 players but Mikey Johnson may also benefit from the fact that he is classed as a homegrown player. Rudy Vatasan Rocco stepping up um in recent times as well. Obviously, you know, he's come through the ranks. Uh, we were talking this morning in, in the group uh, with, with Jared from Celtic Down Under who pointed out that Boston Lavo wouldn't be because he's only been in our system for two years and you need to be in the system for three. Um, so there, there's all these things to consider. Do you think that uh, might give a wee lifeline to guys like Mikey Johnston and Stephen Welsh, Patrick? Yeah, I think it could. I mean, I was, uh, I, I said last Wednesday, I thought Stephen Welsh might go um, because... You know he's he's nowhere near the team. Um, I can't remember the last time he started a game. Uh, I think it, I think it was possibly before the World Cup. Actually, the last time he started a game. Um, and but as John says, you know it, it does make you think he is a homegrown player, so he helps with that European squad issue. And then it's hard to attract a player who would be happy with fourth choice as a centre half. Um, I, I I wouldn't like to think that we would be we would be signing someone to. To be fourth choice, I think I would like is to always try and sign first team players, mm-hmm. and then as you do that, guys eventually fall down the ranks. Very idealistic of me, obviously trying to find a player better than Starfield and Carter Vickers, but it, I mean this this UEFA thing is a problem because I think it's possibly why we gave uh, James Forrest an extension just over a year ago because his homegrown Scottish came to the club, um, and you know in the first team you've only really got McGregor. And, Ralston, I think, unless I'm forgetting someone. Um, you know, Turnbull's in and around there, obviously, but Scott, yeah, it's, it's all, obviously Bain something you need to... There's another one as well, Scott Bain. Aye, yep. aye. It's, it, it's definitely something you need to keep in mind. It's something that I forget about quite a lot of the time, uh, the European list thing, so maybe we won't see Stephen Mills move on. Um, maybe, you know, if you're, if if no one leaves, then centre half could be an area where we don't see much movement in the summer. Actually, um, I'm on record as saying I think we need a new goalkeeper. I think we need someone a bit better. Um, you know, someone who stands a chance of saving a penalty, someone who's a bit better with our feet, um, especially for Europe and the way that we want to play and trying to take that next step. Um, so when it comes to transfers, I would be focusing on on the goalie. Yeah, I mean, again, you wonder what what the story is with Seagrest, who's uh, fallen off the side of the earth as well. Um, no, he can't fall off the side of the earth because that would mean I'm a, I'm a flat earther. No, please, uh, conspiracies I like uh, for a, a half hour bit of fun on YouTube, but no, I'm not a flat earther. Um, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. He's disappeared from view. Uh, Martin Davies coming in on YouTube afternoon troops says we are getting closer to winning the league. Ange is on the road to looking for new players for next season. So how about a striker centre-back to start with Troops? Yeah, well, we've just been speaking about the centre-back position. Let's have a wee chat, though, about the striking positions, John. Um, We've been blessed. We really have been blessed with strikers over the years. You know, the the way that Celtic play, the way that Ange plays, um, you're going to have high-scoring strikers, and we've had them in abundance um, over... You know, throughout my Celtic supporting life, actually. And we've got one at the moment in, in Kyogo. 
who is a bit special, you know, 29 years, uh, 29 goals, sorry, um, this season, 20 last season. He's a goal off it in his own personal landmark of 50. He's heading towards 30, maybe 35, maybe 35 plus. Bit of a vintage campaign for him. Uh, but I think a big part of uh, our performance dipping a wee bit was the fact we took him off. He's such a dynamic player, John, and you take him off and you've got a completely different type of player on the bench, you know, which isn't a bad thing. But, you know, Kyogo, it's all about what he can achieve this season. You know, he he's the type of guy against Rangers in the semi, you wouldn't put it past him to hit a brace, hit a hat-trick. He's the guy that steps up time and time again. Uh, well, that, that uh, first goal, you had to laugh. I mean, he intercepts it uh, from the boy Murray. Uh, God bless that fella. Uh, he had a wasting of enormous proportions at a super mare that I haven't seen the likes of in quite some time. Um, so, uh, I, 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 you know, it's bad when the opposition fans are feeling sorry for you, but, I mean, that, that was horrific. Um, so, intercepted. But then he sells the dummy on the boy, and that dummy was so good, you know, it started its own career in showbiz. Uh, you know, a, a wee ventriloquist act. Um, and uh, went out, hit the highlights, uh, sold out a few shows, came back, and he was still waiting to pull the trigger. Uh, so it was an outrageous uh, bit of skill, and he had so much time. Uh, honestly, I think, he, you know, uh, Kyogo could have, I mean, he was probably on Tinder, you know, organising picnics with his girlfriend, or he could have gone on the picnic and come back, and he still hadn't shot. Um, but anyway, sort of slight exaggeration there. Uh, but... It was a phenomenal uh, finish, and he was uh, it was, uh, and it was you know uh, not not the only one. Uh, he's at the moment he's just so sharp. He's he's so much sharper than everyone else really in this league. Um, he you know he's so much sharper than most of the defenses in this league. Mm. Uh, they just can't contain him. Uh, his movement is unbelievable, um, and it was a big decision for him last year to get that operation on his hamstring. Um, that put him out for the rest of the season. So the, I think his choice was don't get the operation uh, and just hope it doesn't happen again. So it was brave of him to you know make that decision, uh, and we are uh, seeing the fruits of that now. Uh, so I, I mean he's he's been sensational, um, and yet you have to look at the comments the likes of uh, Matt O'Reilly made about him, um, just saying he's the, the nicest man I've ever met. Um, he could miss five open goals and he's still smiling. He's just that kind of a guy. And that's an incredible boost, I think. When you, You'd think that was a bad thing, really. You know, before I'd seen Kyogo, if you'd asked me beforehand, I would have said that was not a trait that you wanted in a footballer. But actually, it's quite uplifting. Mm-hmm. You know, it really sort of... The fact he just sort of misses a... a Terrible sitter and smiles through it, comes back, scores an absolute wonder goal. Um, you know, I, I, the, the guy's unreal, unreal. What an attitude to have, and you know, to to be able to inspire the rest of your teammates to say those sort of things about you is absolutely fantastic because they're looking at him and he's like, I ah, don't worry, lads, there'll be another along in a minute. It's like the buses, you know. Uh, I don't know what the buses are like in Japan, to be fair, but <laughs> but. Um, the, uh, I mean, he's just such a good player and he's a joy to watch. He's a credit to himself. He's a credit to the club. He's a great example for all the youngsters. He's a great example for the senior pros. Um, we're very, very lucky to have him, uh, you know, and attitude-wise. This is a very cynical uh, game that we're in now in the, in the modern era and uh, he brings that sort of childlike joy back into it uh, and it's a fantastic thing to see. Uh, I love the wee man. No, John, you make the point about the penalty. Patrick, has there ever been a situation in your Celtic supporting life where you don't get angry when a player misses a penalty? It's the only <laughs> time I can remember when, you know, you can smile and giggle about it and you don't get annoyed at him because it's Kyogo. Yeah. I've actually, I do have a scenario in which I've never been angry at a player missing a penalty. I don't know if he's remembered, we beat Dundee 6 nothing in Ronnie's second season. And, and Isaac Eve had scored two goals. <laughs> <laughs> and he, we got a penalty and he took it and he bloody skied it over the bar. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought, oh, that's a shame. But I think it, a few of his teammates were laughing at him as well, to be fair. <laughs> but that's the only other time because Isaac Eve was an equally lovable guy. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't find his second spell all that funny right enough. He was an absolute disaster that season. But um, mm. aye, 
Kyogo's a very lovable guy, and I agree with John. I wouldn't have said that. I've been a, you know, a a a good uh, attribute to have because, you know, if you look at our campaign in Europe, maybe, um, he misses a few chances. We lose a lot of games. We, we don't we don't win one game out of six. And as fans, you obviously get frustrated, and you want to take that next step forward. Um, and he's you know at the side of the pitch picking up litter and stuff, and you do get a bit frustrated, or you can get a bit frustrated, but. He's constantly bringing that positive energy, and I think you know, with the way we play, you just need to go again because you know that the chances will come, and you know that eventually he's going to put one in the back of the net. Um, so to, to to remain positive and to just keep on, you know, sort of plugging away and doing your job, um, you know, I've I've got every confidence we're going to do even better in the Champions League next season, um, because it's just the way Ange operates. If I if Ange doesn't think he's getting better, he'll probably just up sticks and leave. That'll, that's you know the way he seems to operate. So I've got no doubt we're going to improve, and I've got no doubt Kyogo's going to be a big part of that. And his next goal for Celtic will be his fiftieth, so that's a that's a tremendous milestone for him as well. Magical, magical. Uh, the donkey boss. Hit the like button on the way in, guys. Helps the channel. Thank you for the reminder. It definitely does. No doubt about it. And Paddy Lavery's in as well um, with his usual afternoon. Thank you for joining us, Paddy. Um, Scott Mason, where should we be extending heavy scouting to next with what looks like heavy knowledge of Japan in place? Do we not need more countries with heavy duty knowledge targeted for Angie's system? I'm pretty sure that he is scouring the planet um, for various markets that maybe are I'm not going to say untapped, but certainly not um, as fruitful as Japan has been for us so far. Now, we have, we were kind of talking about the um, the introduction of some players, Haksabanovic, for example, John, and the question was asked yesterday about him keeping his place. I feel a wee bit sorry for him. I've been reading a lot of comments on the socials when we begged the question, should he start against Murrowell? Because it was, he wasn't starting in his preferred position. Um, he's getting thrown in for his first start in a while, and and I and I guess the debate is whether you know if you put a player in and he doesn't perform that well, play him again. I think we, we think we've done that with Matt O'Reilly and he played through it and he got back to his best. Um, and I know O'Reilly's another co- uh, conversation entirely. But Haksabanovic, where do you sit with him? Do you give him another game against Motherwell? I certainly would. I, I absolutely would. I love Haksabanovic. Uh, the problem is, I think he is potentially going to. Uh, lose his place in this team because I don't think he's being played in his correct position. Um, uh, you know, uh, back in uh, uh, Russia, I think they used to call him the winger that couldn't run. So we know he doesn't really have any pace, but he is an incredibly skillful uh, player. And incre- you know, is such a talent, uh, you know, wonderful shot on him, wonderful vision, wonderful weight of pass. He has all those things, but he's really a 10. You know, I think that's where he, you know, if you if we could get him inside in a 10 position, I think he could be the best player on the park. Uh, but who are we going to sacrifice for that? You know, uh, and that's, I think he, there is a real potential for him just falling through the cracks. Mm. Uh, because, you know, uh, do I play him again against Motherwell with, with the stage that we're at in the league and all the rest of it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is he better than Jota? No, he's not. Yeah, do you play him in front of Maeda? Well, what are you giving up for that? So Maeda's got wild pace, wild work rate, all the rest of it. You'd be giving up an awful lot for that. Uh, is he a more skillful player than Maeda? I think he probably is, but that you're giving up so much more with Maeda um, that I don't think he gets in in front of him. So where do you play him? Uh, you know, is he ever going to get in a 10 position given the fact we've still got to come back to those poll results, Paul, um, and, and discuss that midfield? Uh, so... <laughs> You know, is he ever going to take the place of one of the three boys uh, or one of the three or four guys that we've already got in there and we can't make a decision on? So, uh, I mean, I, I think it would be a most, most unfortunate situation uh, if we can't get him in the team. We can't give him minutes. I think he's an unbelievable talent. Um, he, he didn't cover himself in glory, but he didn't do much wrong. Um, so yeah, I mean that second half wasn't the best, obviously, and the first half was just ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like you know Matt O'Reilly with the with the freedom of the ground, uh, just because of the way we were playing. Uh, their guys intent and shooting themselves in the foot. We were absolutely sensational uh, in that first half, and uh, the second half was just a, a complete almost waste of time. Uh, so um, 
I, you know, I don't really blame him for that. Um, but again, you're talking about them. Rocco Vata comes on, yeah, you know, in that position, he puts in a sensational ball. Uh, did he put in the second? Were the, the two that all missed? Was he the first one and the second one, or just the second one? Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, he looks a player as well. I mean, the ball he put in there, oh, should have scored that, you know. Um, so I mean, it's a difficult one. I mean, the choices that we have to make, um, talking of which, Paul. The choices, the, the choices that were made. So, over 4,080 votes. Uh, at the bottom of the list was the, one, the only one without Kalmak. Uh, so, the choice without Kalmak um, got to Tati, Iwata and Moy. That got 1% uh, of 4,000 people. That's 40 people in need of a lobotomy. Um, <laughs> and... Then we've got uh, Hatati, O'Reilly and Kalmak uh, at 22%, Hutati, Moy and Kalmak at 29%. And bearing in mind there is obviously a bit of recency bias given the game that we just had, Hatati, Iwata and Kalmak, 48%. Having said that with recency bias, I agree with that because I think that's the midfield going forward. I think that's the midfield for next year. I want to see that level of uh, security. I want us to be able to retain the ball better than we do. Um, and all I was really wanting to see was a bit more tease game because uh, it was the same thing when Moy came in with a, uh, as, as when Awata came in. They were so safe. That's when I first used the phrase have some testicular fortitude, pass the ball forward, right? <laughs> so, and I was I used that about Aaron Moy, and Moy came on to a game later. Uh, Awata there uh, on Saturday, I was just astonished at the positions he was getting into and how aggressive he was at getting in, and the fact that him and Kalmak were just rotating that role uh, of the sort of defensive role at the back, I, I, I thought it was a tremendous performance, and his range of passing and his calmness, uh, I, I thought was sensational. Uh, so I think for me in Europe, I think that is the 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 the, the midfield trio I'd like to see. However, it's purely subjective, and every, there's an awful lot of people out there who is currently our heads are exploding, uh, talking about what how imperious O'Reilly is and how um, Aaron Moy is the, the 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 bald James Bond who can, you know, who's so smooth. Um, uh, and he just uh, opens up defences uh, whenever he feels like it. So uh, I don't think Moyes, I said that last year, uh, this year, sorry, I don't think Moyes is the answer in Europe or in the future in any way. Um, brilliant, brilliant season, but he's an old man basically and he's only going to get older. Um, so uh, I think O'Reilly is an argument because he's been sensational the last couple of games, but he's blown hot and cold. Um, and I think for dependability, solidity. I mean, Awata looks like a, a sumo uh, that's done very well on Weight Watchers the last couple of months. Do you know what I mean? He is a unit. Uh, he is a big laddie. He, he is, is a solid lump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with you know, with that and with his range of passing, with that athleticism, uh, sensational. Uh, I'll let you boys get a word in here. <laughs> well, no. By the way, you're talking about recency bias, and I totally get it because I think a few weeks back, had you run that poll, John um, yeah. Moy would have got a lot of votes, a lot more votes. Um, we've obviously seen a wee bit more of a water since then. I, I agree with you in that I think that is the future. I think that you know it's with one eye on Europe next season with a water coming in. Um, my own choice uh, in terms of the, the three. And like you say, you say it with, with no caveat, John, is um, Hatati, Callum McGregor and Matt O'Reilly. I'm still a massive fan of, of O'Reilly. And again, not just because he's had a couple of really good performances recently. I just I, I think back to that player that burst onto the scene last season. I think back to the adaptability of him in Europe. Um, and I think that, that trio came third in your poll. Is that right? That came third, yeah. That came yeah, third. Yeah, so yeah. I know there's loads of people who disagree with that, but that, that for me is our best midfield. And if if that's your best midfield and Awata can't get a game and Moy can't get a game and Turnbull's not even really getting a mention, I think that speaks volume volumes. Patrick, where are you on this midfield trio? Um in a sense I agree with I, I agree with both of you. Obviously, um you know, the one percent at the bottom, I, I find that hard to believe that anyone would drop Callum McGregor. Um but 
you know, I would I would agree with you, Paul, for you know, ninety-five percent of the games, it has to be McGregor, Hatati, and O'Reilly for me. I think you you've got enough control in the midfield with Callum McGregor that against ten, if not eleven of the SPFL teams that we play, we can control the game. You know, I don't think we need a a, a guy like Awata um, for for most of the time in, in the SPFL. But obviously, and I know you don't want me sitting sit in the fence, and I know I know we shouldn't have these caveats. But in Europe, I've spoken previously about how we lack control, in my opinion, because obviously we're up against teams with far more resource and far more money. And I think that lack of control is what costs us. So to have Iwata play alongside McGregor with Hatati being the sort of creative spark, I think would be brilliant. So I'd say for 95% of the time, it has to be Hatati or Eileen McGregor. But I would like to see Iwata come in for European games. So I'll go I'll largely agreeing with you, Paul, and the 22%. percent i tell you what, what an answer. Yeah, politician's answer. I like that. that, that was, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised you can sit for the splinters in your backside. Oh, no, that was, is there any, any more? Well, what, what, what about games that are on a holiday? You know, is it another team for bike holiday weekends? You know, um, uh, but yeah, anyway, it's a great question. It shows just how strong we are in that, that area tough. of the park. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just shows you, you, you the fact that you both have just agreed with the third answer basically or the third most popular answer just shows you the difference in subjectivity uh, and how that it's really only me and the other 48 percent of people who are correct um you understand so, though john if, if kev graham was on here he'd have picked idiguchi turnbull and mccarthy <laughs> just, just for the argument right <laughs> the great thing about football is of course that we play is it 50 games a season or something? I mean, we play something like 47 domestic games and at least six European games. So you can't play the same three week in, week out. So the midfield will change. And yeah. that is that is the brilliance. That is a brilliant part of having, you know, arguably five or six first choice midfield players. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I, the, re- the reason I posed it was really just because of that, because there are so many caveats. I just was trying to get a feel for who people think are the top three players? Who do you think are the three best players? Uh, because ultimately, I know what you're saying about the SPFL, but you know we're looking to progress in Europe and that basically means we need to be playing our best side. We can't, you know, and the, the problem you have is you can't just play, you know, you can't just get a wata into the team and say, big man, listen, it's Real Madrid next week and then you're not playing again for another month. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's very difficult. He's going to have to play. If we're going to use him in Europe, he's going to have to play, um, you know, because it's just it's too much to expect of anyone to drop in at the highest level of the game with essentially no warm up, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a problem we're always going to have, really, just because of this domestic situation. But um, yeah, I would love to see him play. But again, I really want to see more of a four-two-three-one. But we did effectively move into a four-two-three-one when we were defending. The other day, uh, and then well, you know, again, the, b- between Cal McGregor and himself, they were both getting themselves into really forward positions uh, quite aggressively. Um, you know, when we were attacking, so there was a lot of movement and fluidity within the squad. They were changing positions. It's not as if, you know, it's not as if they're rigid in those positions and we can't ever move them out of it. Uh, so, yeah. But what I was really, really enthused by was the range of his skill. I, I was worried that he was just a boy that was going to sit in there and pass it sideways, and he's definitely not that. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's been very, very impressive, opinionated Glaswegian OG. Of course, Kyogo was just trying to set up Maeda, but one turn off the post. Absolutely, yes, I can I can buy that all day long. And um, we've got uh, Corvo Atano. Um, Mickey Johnson was decent for the Republic of Ireland. Do you guys think he still has a future? I think that there are different um, reasons for it rather than just his ability but yes I do think he'll come back uh, and a big part of that is he's a homegrown player and Danielle's worried in case we do get a penalty shootout and I, I can understand this because we're not phenomenally good um, at either end of the park when it comes to penalties we could be humiliated says Danielle at some point if a game went to penalties it really worries me well, hopefully we won't have to see it this season. Listen, it's been an absolute joy to join you guys on Wednesday. Slightly different from Kev Graham, but he will be back with me tonight. Um, so tune in at about six o'clock for myself and Kev talking about 
the master plan, which was the B-Sides album by Oasis. That's a wee bit left field, but if you're into the band, you'll understand why. Um, Kyogo is heading towards 50 goals for Celtic. Big John Hartson scored either 109 or 110, depending on the source you check. I'm going to have to go through all the games and count them up myself. And we are going to be um, in conversation with the big fella Next week in Glasgow, there are 47 tickets available if you want to come along. The ticket link is underneath this video and every single ticket buyer will be entered in to a prize draw to win a signed and framed Joe Hart shirt. And I know that Danielle would love that as a prize, but um, I'm not sure if you're buying a ticket, Danielle. Big fan of Joe Hart looking for a new goalie in the summer. Um, so, yeah, get involved and you can meet some members of Axom along the way as well. It's been an absolute joy. Um, 750, 800 live on the stream. Give us a thumbs up. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you to Patrick and John for joining me on a Celtic state of mind. Thank you. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.